0: Wondered what it'd be like to live in a tourism town? How about a tourism town on the beach? How about a tourism town on the beach in Nicaragua? If so, you've come to the right place. Like most people, I used to have a steady job. I worked my butt off, chasing my tail, always looking forward to the next vacation. One day I decided that I needed to embed myself into a vacation indefinitely, and so that's what I did. Now my home is San Juan del Sur, Nicaragua. It's a small town of about 15,000 on the Pacific coast. I have a small sailboat charter business that covers my bills and leaves a bit left over to fund my habits. Sounds great, right? Well, it doesn't come without challenges. Even though we call it paradise, Nicaragua is still a third world country. So picture this, a mid-30s Texas guy and his two trusty Labrador looking mutts set out on adventures as they stumble through paradise, trying their hardest not to stick out like sore thumbs. And believe me, they're not exactly camouflage. These are the stories of what life is like. Some good, some bad, but all entertaining. So sit back, relax, and live vicariously through me for about the next 30 or so minutes. And I promise you, this stuff can't be made up. Do you recall not long ago we were walking? fun of this song, just know that it has 1.4 billion views on YouTube. It's not old. It can't be that bad. For the record, I don't classify this as good music. It is popular, and people like it, but I wouldn't call it good, and I will touch on that another day. We're back. I've returned from Mexico and I have gotten my fill of tacos. I never thought I'd say it, but I was tacoed out. And man, let me tell you what I like Mexico. I like Mexico City. I like Cozumel. I used to think Cozumel's gotten way too touristy and it's nothing but cruise ship people. And there is a lot of that. But if you find the right places to stay and eat, you feel like you're in a little town in Mexico. You don't feel like you're hanging out with the newlyweds, the overfeds, and the almost deads, which is what cruise ship people are. I'll go into some details about my trip here a little bit later, but I kind of wanted to pick up where I left off before my trip, and I haven't gone back and listened to the podcast. So I just went back and looked at my notes, and the brisket turned out awesome. It is by far the best beef I've ever eaten in the country. Now, I would take credit for it and say, yeah, that's right, because I know how to cook a brisket. But I know how to cook meat, especially red meat. And everything that I've eaten or cooked up until this brisket has been worthy of feeding to the dogs. But this brisket was good, and when I got it, I didn't have any expectations. I thought it was going to dry out. I cooked it a little bit longer than normal. I wrapped it in foil. I let it get to a higher temperature, kind of by accident, not really on purpose. And normally when you cook a brisket, you want to pull it off at 195 degrees internal temperature, somewhere in there. If you let it go over 200, it kind of falls apart and shreds. Well, that's with the U.S. brisket. With a Nicaragua brisket, I think I fell asleep, went to check on it, and I almost flipped out when I saw it was 205. So I immediately pulled it off, set it in the kitchen, and let it rest for about an hour, hour and a half. Cut into it, and it was delicious. So I organized a little dinner the next night, and we all scarfed it down. And I will be cooking another brisket here in the next few days. So that's the brisket report. For some reason, I've developed an inability to fall asleep if I know I'm going to have to get up extremely early. And that's what happened to me when I went to the airport, when I left Nicaragua, going to Mexico. Somehow or another, I just toss and turn and toss and turn, and I cannot fall asleep. I even try watching TV shows or reading. I still don't fall asleep. I was going to take some Benadryl, but it had gotten a little bit too late, and then I was afraid that I would be all groggy or maybe sleep through my alarm. So I chickened out. And every time this happens, I tell myself, okay, I'm going to go to bed at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock. I'm going to force myself to go to sleep. I'll take three Benadryls and get a good night's rest. And I never do. Because my favorite time of the 24-hour day is from 7 o'clock p.m. to about 2 a.m. I don't know why. I wish that weren't true. But I'm jealous of the people that can go to bed early and get up early. I feel like you can be so much more productive. But at the same time, maybe my productivity just happens at different hours. Which is not good if you have a real job. Which thankfully, right now, I don't have a real job. Now, don't get me wrong. I do stuff, and my blood pressure goes up, but nobody's signing my paychecks. So after about three and a half hours of sleep, my alarm goes off to go meet Byron, the taxi driver, drop off my truck at the mechanic, get in the taxi, and go to Managua to the airport. So we get all that done. We get to the airport. I get checked in, and I looked at my watch, and I was three hours early for my flight, not just two. So somewhere along the lines, I miscalculated the time that I told Byron we needed to leave. But it's better to do it that way than the other way. So I got to the airport, three hours to kill. I sat in a chair and went to sleep. And I don't know what it is, but lately every clock that I have has got a different time on it. My computer's one time, my iPad's one time, and my watch is a different time. And so now I got two out of three right. So I'm down to just the computer being off because it's stuck on Texas Daylight Savings Time. The squirrely thing is that Nicaragua doesn't observe Daylight Savings Time. So when the clock jumps forward in Texas, when it springs forward, Nicaragua's got a lazy clock, and it doesn't move anywhere. It just stays where it's at. So half the year home, which is Texas, is one hour ahead, and the other half the year, it's on the same time. But I don't know how to communicate that to all my clocks, because my watch has got this automatic adjustment feature where when it's pointing towards the right direction, there's some massive atomic clock. I think there's a few of them all over the world, and they put out this radio signal, and the watch picks it up, and it adjusts its time to the most correct time, date, everything. The watch doesn't know where you are. So you have to tell it what time zone you're in. So throughout this whole trip to Mexico, I never knew what time it was because my iPad said one thing and my watch said another. So if you look at my Google history on my iPad, it says current time. You, you can type in C-U-R and then it's like current time Nicaragua, current time Mexico City, current time Cozumel. And that's because I Googled it so many times. I never knew what time it was. And also, I think, and I'm not even sure of this, but I think there was an hour difference between Mexico City and Cozumel. The point of this entire story is that I'm going to have to get my clock game sorted out before my next trip. I've been getting a little bit lazy with this clock management system. I also find myself packing at the last possible minute. And when you do that, you just forget stuff. I wish I were one of those people that sat there and made a list. And you know who you are. I used to live with one of them. And if it weren't for his lists, I probably would forget most of my stuff. So I'm going to change that. It's my mid-year resolution. Okay, going back to the trip. To set it up a little bit, my friend Lindsay used to live here in San Juan del Sur. She sold her portion of a business and moved back to Canada. And so we organized a vacation to meet up with her and five other friends from San Juan and Cozumel. Well, I decided that I wanted to go to Mexico City a few days early just to check it out I've heard good things about it good food good people so I asked Lindsay if she wanted to meet me in Mexico City so we met there for a few days and then went and met everyone else in Cozumel and my excitement level about Mexico City was pretty high I liked a lot about the city I didn't like the traffic my goodness they have some traffic no exaggerating it would take 30 minutes to go four or five miles And they're so used to it. They just sit there. They don't get road rage. They listen to their music. But luckily, they have Uber there. And I don't know how they do it, but they are a third of the price, sometimes half, of the taxis. So when I first landed at the airport, I didn't have Wi-Fi, so I couldn't order Uber. And they have this racket on their taxi system that only allows certain taxis to go to the airport. And they have set rates based on zones. So they just stick it to you. You have no other options. So I get in the taxi. Go to the apartment that we rented through Airbnb and it was, I think, like $17. Well, we started using Uber and that same trip to the airport from the Airbnb place was like 8 So it was less than half as much. you got to love Uber. I don't the People don't like Uber. They're stupid. Kale from Bird the Bird Killer, killer went on an Uber rant killer, a few episodes ago and, and I agree and with him. If you don't like Uber, I don't like you. Probably. Probably we don't have much in common. And you probably drive a taxi for a living because those are the only people that don't like Uber. So overall, my favorite part about Mexico City was the food. I don't know why they don't have the same food here in Nicaragua. They have all the same ingredients. Everything is the same. But man, they put it together in Mexico like it's artwork. There's street vendors all up and down every road Tacos, you can get like five tacos for a dollar. I mean, it's good. It's all really good. But I will say my stomach was not right from the time that I got there to the time that I left. It wasn't like doubled over or cramping, locked in the bathroom all day. But it was like, eh, there's something mid not quite right here. This just something a little bit off of the consistency. But I'm over it now. At least I think I am. And it was well worth it. We had one restaurant that was famous for what they call barbacoa. And barbacoa is just a style of cooking meat. They do it all through Mexico. And every part of Mexico, they'll use a different type of meat in the barbacoa. But what the style is, is they have a big pot or they sometimes just wrap it in just banana leaves. They take a big hunk of meat, wrap it in banana leaves, bury it in the ground. It makes like an oven. They cook it for 10 to 14 hours, low and slow, and the meat falls apart. So we ate at one restaurant in Mexico City. That's what the guy's famous for. He lives outside of Mexico City. He comes in Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and serves the barbacoa that he cooks Monday through Thursday. And this particular guy did lamb. It was delicious. It was really good. They uh, serve it on a flour tortilla, some cilantro, onions, and a little bit of salt. No cheese, no salsa. Just plain and simple. They somehow know that they produce such good flavors with such basic, basic ingredients. You know, you go to the Middle East and they got all kinds of spices and peppers, and and Mexico, there's like ten different things that they use, but they can do so many different things and make it taste so good. I just wish Nicaragua would take some lessons from them. And one night in Mexico City I went to a Mexican wrestling match and you talk about a sight to see huge guys in masks slamming each other on the wrestling ring that's similar to WWF it's all staged but what the guys do it takes some athletic it takes a lot of athletic ability you don't just walk out there and pretend to get hit these guys are flying all over the place knocking each other down this is a pretty good show the, the funniest thing about it is how much the crowd gets into it. And they have their favorites, and there's good guys, and there's bad guys, and sometimes the underdogs win. But the crowd will chant, like, rip his eyeballs out, break his legs, kill him. They get brutal. They want to see their guy win. And they're not scared to shout it out. And I saw a couple people that were getting a little bit tense with each other because they were cheering for opposite opponents. And I thought to myself, This isn't too far off from the presidential race in the U.S. Speaking of clowns, I've got a public service announcement. If you are really into taking pictures at events, for example, a Mexican wrestling match, which I get it, you're tourists, you need to take a couple pictures to show your friends and to post so everyone can see you were at the Mexican wrestling match. That's cool. But don't stand up in front of everyone and take pictures over and over and over again. I don't know where these people were from. I don't think they were from the U.S. They were Definitely not from Mexico. But this guy would stand up every 15 seconds, throw his elbows out wide, and try to get the perfect picture. So annoying. Also, I've never seen... I don't know. Maybe it's just because I don't hang around with many people. Period. But... When I do hang around people, they're not taking selfies. But for some reason, I have noticed on all my travels, like within Latin America, that Latins who are traveling will blow up selfies. I mean, I'm talking, they want to take a selfie with them getting on the plane, I and mean, then a selfie of them on the plane with all the chairs behind them, and then a selfie with their head right next to the window looking out of the plane. I can only assume it's because they don't travel much, but I just feel goofy taking selfies in public. I feel goofy taking selfies anywhere, but especially when other people can see me. I guess it's something that I'm going to have to get over because the young people have no problem with it, and I doubt they will start having a problem with it. It just seems so silly. We went to this big festival in Mexico City that had a whole bunch of tents set up in a big ring. And there was probably 200, 250 participants. Each tent represented a different country. And so they had people there from their country. They had prepared food that they sold. They have trinkets and whatnot and whatever products that that country specializes in. But it's countries all over the Middle East, the Caribbean, Africa. And so it's pretty cool. It's free to get in. You walk around this big ring. You can stop at the tents, talk to the people, try their food, whatever you want to do. So they have like Mozambique. Well, they have a guy that looks like he's very Mozambique-ish. And these Mexican kids were lined up for days to take the picture with the man from Mozambique. And it wasn't just the man from Mozambique. It was the man from Qatar. It was the man from Jamaica. It was a man from China. It was a girl from Switzerland, that blonde hair. And they just lined up, just take turns taking pictures with him. It was almost like a celebrity. Like if David Hasselhoff was there and they were all taking their picture with him. I also had my first battle with Mezcal. I'm ashamed to admit it, but Mezcal won. I don't drink a lot. I don't drink very often. But I felt like I was in Mexico. I needed to try Mezcal. So Lindsay and I met up with one of her friends that she went to high school with, named Sebastian, who also has a podcast. If you want to check out his podcast, it's called Mexico This Week. It's pretty good. It's in English. So Sebastian comes back with his carafe of mezcal, a little mezcal bar tucked away, little neighborhood in Mexico City. It's kind of a trendy area called Condesa, which everyone knows the little trendy sections of town. It's old real estate. It's all expensive. So this is one of those type areas. So Sebastian comes back with his carafe of mezcal, three little glasses. And Lindsay was like, nope, I'm not drinking that. He said, okay, looks like it's me and you. Tex. So we sat there, and we punished that bottle of Mezcal, and the next day, it punished me. It did not leave the house, never got out of my pajamas. Ordered Papa John's pizza in Spanish, and it was a miracle when it showed up. Drank two gallons of water. I will never drink that much Mezcal again. The two airlines that I traveled on were Aeromexico and Interjet. And they were pretty cheap. It was like $350 to fly from Nicaragua to Mexico City and then 200 Mexico City to Cozumel. And both of those were round-trip prices. But I was pleasantly surprised with the service and the accommodations that both planes had. I checked into the airport. I said, hey, do you have anything on the exit row? He said, yeah, we might. Um, I'll let them know at the gate, and then they'll get you moved if they can. So I said, okay. So we're standing in line to load up on the plane. This guy approaches me, he said, Mr. Harper? And I go, yep. And he said, oh, we got you exit row, uh, window seat. I was like, perfect, extra leg room. So we get mid-flight, they serve food, they serve drinks. And I see the guy in front of me, he's drinking Jack Daniels. And so I looked at the flight attendant and I go, you guys serve alcohol? And she was like, yes. And I said, free? Yes, of course. Wow. And this isn't first class. There is no first class on these planes. Had a little croissant sandwich that was pretty good. Same thing on Interjet, they serve a little meal, open bar, but on Interjet, they intentionally wait until about 45 minutes before you land to break out to food and drinks, and I kept thinking, I guess they're not going to serve anything. On the, on the way back from Cozumel to Mexico City, I kept thinking, I guess they're not going to serve anything, and then here they come, 45 minutes before you land, doling out to food and drinks, but I was happy, both, uh, both airlines was a pretty good experience. I would recommend Interjet and Aeromexico. So in Cozumel, Emily, who works for us at Nika Sail and Surf, has a family, it's like her adopted family, little Mexican family in Cozumel. And so they took us under their wing. There were seven of us in total. Who, let's not forget, all seven rode around in a tiny, tiny little Chevrolet something-other car. Meant for five. Or seven, sometimes eight, two in the front, six in the back. Viva Mexico! So, anyway, so Monica and her family took us under their wing. They showed us all the spots. Monica works at an all inclusive resort, so we got to go there and hang out for the day. But the best place that they took us was to a little restaurant called Diaz Brothers Tacos. The only thing that they serve at this restaurant are tacos. But there's probably 25 different types of meat that you can get in your tacos. And so we went there, I think, three times. Or two times we went there, and one time we had it delivered to us. You can get anything delivered in Mexico. Anyway, I thoroughly enjoyed the tacos. My favorite drink in the world, horchata. They make it fresh on site. And the best part is you can eat an entire meal and have a glass of horchata and leave a tip and walk out of there with eight less dollars than you walked in. Not to mention the service was outstanding. There was eight of us in there. We'd order anywhere from three, four or five tacos apiece, all different flavors, and they would whip them out and they would get them right every single time to the right people. That's kind of different the way that they serve tacos at a taco place, is that you don't you don't wait for the whole table to get their food. You just they'll bring two tacos and you eat those two, and then you wait for some more. and you and so everyone's kinda eating at a different time. It's a different experience. Something that we're definitely not used to, but the experience is just as good. It's just a little bit different. Another thing that's great about Mexico are churros. And what churros are, are like fried dough in a cylinder shape, about six inches long, about an inch and a quarter in diameter, but they're hollow most of the way through. They can fill these fried delicious donuts with caramel, vanilla, or chocolate. And they're also rolled in cinnamon and sugar. So rich, so good, and they're best when they're piping hot. There was a little guy that lived in the neighborhood where the house that we were staying was in Cozumel, and he'd come knock on the door every morning and take our order for churros. And then he would go home, make them. So he says, I suspect he may have been going and buying them and bringing them to us. Either way, he claims to have made them, brings them back, like a dollar apiece. And you can only eat about a half of a churro Before you start going into diabetic shock. Another thing that I noticed about Mexico City that I didn't ever notice. I think I've been there one time. It was a long time ago. So it was new to me. But the entire city was full of cops. And I guess this is in reaction to all the narcos. Illicit stuff that's going on in Mexico. But I felt safe at all times. Uh, There was cops everywhere. They were friendly. They'd smile at you. They'd wave to you ask if you needed directions, it was cool. And I'll say in general that the people in Mexico are much friendlier so far that I've met in Guatemala, Nicaragua, or Costa Rica. Belize, the people were pretty friendly, but in Mexico, there's just something about their culture that they're open, they're friendly, they're smiley, and they interact with you, and it just it just seems like they care a little bit more than the other people. And a good example of that is that when I was at the grocery store in Mexico, I greeted the checker, she greeted me, she smiled at me, asked me where I was from, and we had a decent little exchange. And then I thought I wanted to compare that experience to the typical experience at Pali, the grocery store in San Juan del Sur. So just the other day, I paid close attention to the interaction between the guy checking out and the checker. And it went something like this. Scanning the groceries. Scanning the groceries. Scanning the groceries. Scanning the groceries. Would you like a bag? Yes, one. Your total is 418 quarterbus with 50 cents. Hands over the money. Walks away. That's it. It was like watching two robots. No eye contact, no greeting, no thank you, no goodbye. And I've realized that that's just part of a specific Latin culture. And it's not all through all the Latin countries that I've been to. And they don't have that same type mentality on the Caribbean side. And so it's just interesting. It's just something that I've noticed. Um, It's less fun than the alternative. But I understand too that, it doesn't matter to them, They're, they don't know any different, and that's just the way they are. But coming from somewhere in the U.S., particularly the South, where people are like overly friendly, which probably drives them crazy, they probably wonder why I smile and wave at everyone, and why do I always say please and thank you? Now, they must think to themselves, there's no need to thank me, I just did my job, that's what I'm supposed to do. man's always walking around saying please and thank you to everyone, and then he gets furious when he's driving in traffic. I can just hear him talking to each other. Hey, isn't that the same dude that lets you cut in front of him at the grocery store if he's got like a bunch of stuff and you only got two things? Yes, yes, I think that's him. Man, I saw him sitting in traffic the other day and he about broke his steering wheel half in two. He was punching on that thing so hard, I don't know how he didn't break it. Why was he mad? He was all mad because he had to go around an ox cart. That's probably what they think. How can that be the same guy? Crazy Americans. Anyway, going back to my grocery store example of the limited interaction, people might say, okay, that's one time. And no, I've been seeing that exact same thing for five years, all the time that I've been coming down here. And I didn't realize it because I hadn't been to Mexico in such a long time. And some people might say, well, that's because you're in a tourist town and, you know, they're in Mexico City, they're not used to seeing gringos. Well, the same thing happens in Managua. So it's just a difference in their culture. And I would be lying if I said that the way that the Mexicans interact wasn't more appealing. It just makes your day go a little bit better. So, if you're into food and you like to travel, I'd highly recommend checking out Mexico City. The weather's awesome. It's like, right now, I think it's a rainy season, but it only lasts for a couple months. And the rest of the time, it's like San Diego. It is pretty high in altitude, around 5,000 feet. So, you can feel it. We tried to get into a restaurant called Pujol, P-U-J-O-L, which is a Mexican chef. And it's ranked in one of the top 50 restaurants in the world. But the catch is, it's like $75 a person. So there's not many cities in the rest of the world that you can eat a top-notch meal for that price. The only drawback is that it's a four-week lead time. And when you try to call the day before to get a reservation, they just laugh at you. So if you decide to go check out Pujol, make sure you book your reservation about four weeks in advance. Okay, enough about Mexico. Mexico. Although, it's part of life in paradise. The rodeo is back in town in San Juan del Sur. And if you listened to my show last year about the rodeo, it's not exactly a rodeo. It's more of a bull taunting party where everyone gets extremely drunk and taunts the bull. So I don't know if I'm going to go. If I get invited, I might go. But I'm not going to push for a big group to go. Because like last time, I'm sure most of them would flake out and not show up anyway. But if you drive past the rodeo arena, about 9.30 to 10 o'clock at night, there are some characters that come stumbling out of there. And I'm half tempted just to go pull up and park outside the rodeo every night and just watch them and maybe video them. If I was a real podcaster and had a website and had all my stuff together, I could post that kind of stuff. But I'm not. I don't know if I ever will be. I'm doing good just to get this thing recorded and put up. Okay, I think that's going to wrap up today's show. Mainly about Mexico. And I'll be back on with another one here. Probably in a few days. Probably less than a week. Back to normal. Life in San Juan. Thanks again for listening. Life in Paradise podcast. Check out our website. NikaSaleAndSurf.com Or shoot me an email. Surf At gmail.com Thanks again for listening. Keep it tranquilo. This is good music. I don't care who you are.